on Tuesday, I wake up. I've I've set up an alarm every day on a fixed morning to wake up. And on Tuesday, I wake up. In fact, I wake up even before the alarm rings. I wake up and I'm like all excited, all excited to spend time with the Lord, all excited to hear what God has to say. And even before I wake up, uh, the Lord gives me this verse from Isaiah 54, which says, Sing, O barren woman. So even before I woke up, I knew this was the chapter I, I needed to read. So I spent I spend on reading that chapter. And as I was reading that chapter, this song came from my heart. I sing praises to your name, O Lord. And I spent good time worshiping God. Right? The next day, when I woke up, I was equally excited to hear from the Lord, but I didn't get any instruction. And I'm waiting. No instruction, no song, no chapter. So I just did what I, what I usually do, picked up my Bible, read the portion that I was supposed to read. Still no instruction. Prayed. Still no instruction. And I was disappointed. Because it feels awesome when you get an instruction from the Lord. You know, you, you know that yeah, you can hear God's voice. And it's so, it's so accurate for, for, the, for the season and for the day that you are going through. And then, to be honest, the entire week I didn't hear the Lord at all. Meaning, what I'm saying is I, I didn't hear any instruction from the Lord. And it disappointed me. So this message that I have for you, I spent a lot of time waiting on God. And the message is waiting on God. <laughs> you know, in Luke 8, when Jesus talks about the parable of the sower, he talks about four kinds of soil. But then he says about the good soil, the characteristics of the good soil that brings forth fruit. A good soil, if you, if you have your Bibles, read with me. Luke chapter 8, verse 15. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, say with me, hearing the word. They didn't hear the word once. They were hearing the word. It's present continuous. They kept hearing the word. It's not just a one-time thing that happens on a Sunday. They kept hearing the word. As for that, in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. Bear fruit with patience. So you keep hearing God's word, you hold it in your heart, and then you bear fruit with patience. Without patience, you cannot bear fruit. Without patience, you cannot bear fruit. You look, you look in the Bible, you see so many examples of people who got a prophetic word from the Lord and then they had to wait. Wait patiently. For some, it took 25 years. For Abraham, it took 25 years. For Moses, it probably took 80 years. Oh man, I can't imagine. I can't be... You know, in his shoes. People waited. If the word has been released over your life, it will accomplish its task. But it takes patience to bear fruit. It takes patience. What is patience? Patience is to wait on the Lord with a good attitude. <laughs> because see, when, when you're in a waiting period, there's nothing else that you can do, you know. But you have to wait patiently with a good attitude. Because if you don't wait patiently with a good attitude, you could, you could position yourself out of that promise. So bearing fruit requires patience. Bearing fruit requires patience. So you heard the word of the Lord and that word comes into your life like a seed and that seed will bear fruit. That seed will become a plant and that plant will become a huge tree and that tree will bear fruit. It is, 
it is God's, it is in the nature of that seed to bear fruit. It is in the nature of the seed to bear fruit, but it requires patience. It requires patience. Have you seen somebody who has sowed a seed into the ground and then the next day they come, they see nothing, so they dig the soil to see if the seed has grown? What will happen? You're killing the seed. You have to wait patiently. All that you can do in that moment is to is to create the right atmosphere for it to grow. You can water the plant, you can put manure in the soil, but other than that, you have to let the seed grow. The seed will grow automatically and it will bear fruit, but it requires patience. It requires patience. A seed that has a huge potential takes more time to bear fruit. So if you've received the word of the Lord and it's taking time, then understand you have the seed of a giant killer. And that takes time. Takes time. So the same word that you heard, the same word that you heard when you Receive that seed is the same word that you can stay on till you bear fruit with patience. That's why it says they kept hearing the word. A good soil is that which hearing the word. Hearing the word. So it's not like, you know, I heard the word once and then, yeah, I'm, I'm just waiting. Especially in the Christian circle, you know, you ask somebody, yeah, hey brother, what are you doing? How's life? Yeah, I'm waiting on the Lord. But the way they say it, it, they are so sad, so disappointed, so discouraged. Yeah, I'm waiting on the Lord because, you know, you're forced to s respond in a spiritual way. So they say, I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm jobless. I'm waiting on the Lord. What we mean by waiting on the Lord, what we mean often is we are waiting for our circumstances to change. So when somebody says, I'm waiting on the Lord, what they mean is, I'm waiting for the right partner. I'm waiting to get married. I'm waiting for the promotion. I'm waiting for that admission. I'm waiting on my circumstances to change. And this is what I want to tell you. Waiting on the Lord does not mean your circumstances to change. Waiting on the Lord is different from your circumstances to change. Waiting in Hebrew comes from the Greek word kava, which is, the picture is, have you seen the braids of hair that are braided together? They are intertwined with each other, or the cords of strings that are intertwined with each other? Braids of hair? Kava is being intertwined. Waiting on the Lord is being intertwined with the presence of God. So when we say that we are waiting on God, or when, or when you read passages in the Bible that talks about waiting on the Lord, it does not mean that I'm waiting for my circumstances to change. Yeah, God, I prayed, now see, let's see what you do. Waiting on God is, is not inactivity. It is not inactivity. It is active participation in the goodness of God. It is actively being attentive. It is actively being engaged in God's presence. So much, you're so intertwined with the presence of God. You're so intertwined with the voice of God that you've heard that your present circumstances don't matter. It doesn't matter. So you probably were jobless and then you started waiting on God. And you're still jobless. That situation didn't matter. But if you have rightly waited upon the Lord, that situation does not affect your heart anymore. You have overcome that situation. So waiting on the Lord helps you look beyond your circumstances, helps you look beyond your desires, helps you look beyond your own self. Not that God does not want to change your circumstances. Not that God does not want to fulfill your desires. But there's something that when we get caught up with these things that we forget to see the faithfulness and the goodness of God. 
And waiting on the Lord removes all kinds of distraction because we are getting intertwined with the presence of the Father. That's waiting on God. So you want to fast and pray? Go for it. You want to sit in the presence of God? Pray. Wait on the Lord. Spend your time listening to God's word. Go for it. But do know that waiting on the Lord does not mean waiting on your circumstances to change. And that's why many Christians get disappointed. I prayed for 30 minutes. Nothing happened. Oh Lord. Let me try again. But when you get intertwined with the presence of God, you have clear conviction, you have clear assurance that your circumstances are going to change. Because you're thinking in the frequency that God thinks. That's why Hebrews 6 verse 12 says, do not be sluggish, do not be lazy, but be imitators of those who by faith and patience have inherited the promise. How do you inherit the promise? Through faith and patience. Through faith and patience. Patience is waiting. Waiting with a good attitude. Waiting does not mean inactivity. Waiting means to be actively involved in the goodness of the Father. Waiting means to be intertwined with the presence of God that you start thinking like Him. Do you think all, all, the, all the stress that you have right now and all the things that you're praying for, do you think if God was in your place, he'll be stressed out too? He'll be worried? He'll be having BP? Blood pressure is high? He's being, he'll, he'll go through anxiety attacks? Do you think God will go through that? No? That is exactly what your reality will be. When you start waiting on God. Because you get intertwined with his presence. See, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, right? No one comes to the Father except through me. The word truth comes from the word aletheia, which means I am your reality. Jesus can become your reality. He is the highest, most superior reality that you and me can have. But it takes to be intertwined with his presence. To be intertwined with his presence. That's what waiting on the Lord means. Waiting on the Lord does not mean sitting discouraged, isolating yourself in the house and waiting for something to change. Waiting on the Lord means you're waiting on his goodness. You're actively participating, engaging in his goodness. Let me say something. You know, what is a hindrance to patience? What stops us from waiting with patience? The frustration and lack of vision. Frustration and lack of vision. Why are we frustrated? Because what we are waiting for has not happened. The word of the Lord came to us very strongly very accurately and said something but it hasn't happened yet so not seeing the fruit of that word has got me frustrated and now i can't see the vision of what that word is supposed to produce in other words instant gratification is a hindrance to waiting patiently you know what's instant gratification immediately i, I want this immediately the opposite to instant gratification is delayed gratification, which means the ability to wait. The ability to wait till you can see the fruit. You know, in, in the 1960s, there's a famous experiment that Stanford did where they took some children, four to five years old children, and they did this experiment with them. They took them to a private room and they gave them each of these children, they gave them a marshmallow. Marshmallow are sweet, sweet things that kids love. Four to five years old. And they told them, if, if you do not eat this marshmallow, I'm going right now, if, if you do not eat this marshmallow, 
you will get a second marshmallow if you can delay your gratification if you can control your impulse your desire just for 15 minutes in 15 minutes i come back but if you can control that i'll give you a second marshmallow and what they found was some of them immediately ate the moment the researcher left they immediately ate the marshmallow and then they saw some children who were like struggling they waited for some time they looked at it then they would like you know stop themselves but then eventually they they fell into the temptation they ate but there were some who waited patiently and when they waited patiently they got a second marshmallow now the thing is this was done in 1960 what the research says is they kept they kept tracking these children life for the next 40 years and you know what they found kids who were able to delay their gratification their life was much better they were not prone to substance abuse they were successful in their careers they had a healthy life they were not prone to obesity related problems something about delayed gratification right so another university the university of rochester took that experiment and they wanted to follow up on that experiment so what they did was they tweaked a little bit on that experiment so before the kids were taken to that private room and they were given the marshmallow they were taken to another private room where they were given small crayons and the instruction this time was if you don't use these crayons i'll come back in like five minutes earlier it was 15 minutes now i'll come back in five minutes and i'll give you bigger crayons and the thing was with some kids what they did was after five minutes when they came they did not give them the bigger crayons okay with another set of kids they gave them the bigger crayons now there are two sets of children one who did not get the bigger crayons the other one who got the bigger crayons now when they take them to the this this room where they receive the marshmallow who do you think is going to wait for the second marshmallow so the ones who did not get the crayon they immediately ate the marshmallow because they cannot trust the integrity of the one who made the promise how can I trust this man? Because the last time he took me to that room, he said he'll give me a bigger crayon, but he did not fulfill it. So I'm not going to trust him, so let me just eat it. But the other, other set of children who saw that their promise was fulfilled, they waited. They waited for 15 minutes. And then they received a second marshmallow. Having said that, what I'm trying to say is, this ability to delay your gratification is something that you can program within yourself. It's not a genetic thing. It's not something that, you know, it just comes to you because you were born in a certain situation. You can program it within yourself. And how you program it is answering this. The one who gave you the promise, does he have the integrity and the ability to fulfill that promise faith is to believe in the promise giver faith is to believe that the promise giver has the integrity and the ability now some of you have the ability but some of us don't have the integrity so why would anyone trust you if I say I give you 10,000 rupees you know that I have the ability to give you 10,000 rupees but I don't have the integrity why will you trust me I can change my words anytime. Or if I have the integrity, but I, have, I don't have the ability, why would you trust me again? I say, I'll give you $1 million, but you know that I have the integrity, but not the ability. Why will you trust me? You see it? So faith is believing in the ability and in the integrity of the one who has promised to fulfill their promise. If you truly believe that the word of God that you have received is from God and he is able and he is, you know, integral enough to fulfill that promise, you can wait. 
You can wait with patience. Wait with patience. Irrespective of what you see in the physical circumstances. Because you know why? What you see in the physical is temporary. It's true. What you see in the physical is temporary. What you see in the spiritual is permanent. Is it a glass of water? What do you see? It's full right now. Temporary. But what you see in the spiritual is permanent. But, but the problem is our hearts get perplexed by what we see in the physical. But here's the Lord that Here's the Lord, he's, he's encouraging us and saying, the word is spiritual, you focus on the spiritual, you focus on the word, because that word will come forth in your life. It will. It has to. So even if you haven't seen it in the physical, if you stay on the word, the word will bear fruit, but you need to be patient to wait for it. Patient to wait for it. See, Abraham got the promise from the Lord when he was 75 years old. His promise gets fulfilled when he's 100 years old. For 25 years, he's waiting. He's waiting. Now, in the meantime, he's not all perfect. He messes up so many times. And one time when he messes up is when he listens to his wife, who comes up with a very interesting proposal. I'm not saying you should not listen to your wife. You should. But you, know, you should also discern where is this coming from? So Sarah's proposal is, you know, sleep with my maidservant because we don't have children, sleep with my maidservant. And Abraham readily agrees. That was the only thing that he readily said yes. <laughs> they, he sleeps with the, <laughs> with the maidservant. They have a child. His name is Ishmael. Till today, he's jeopardizing the promise of God. Why? Immediate gratification. He couldn't wait patiently for what the Lord was doing. Immediate gratification. But please understand something. Waiting does not mean inactivity. So what we misunderstand from here is maybe if Abraham had done nothing, yes, that would have been better than doing something stupid. But over here, the problem is the action that he did was from a wrong posture of heart. How do I know that? Come with me to Genesis chapter 16. Genesis chapter 16, verse 2. And Sarai said to Abraham, Behold now, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go into my servant. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abraham listened to the voice of Sarai. Sarah says, The Lord has prevented me from having children. Now here's something. If, if you know that the Lord does not want you something, want you to have something, if you clearly know that the Lord does not want you to have something, why do you find alternative ways to have it? See, that's not God's heart, right? That's not God's heart. God's heart is for Abraham and Sarai to have children. But here, Sarai says, God has prevented me from having children, meaning it is not God's will for me to have children. Then why do you find an alternative route? That's like complete rebellion. Being rebellious against the promise of God. So when, when the posture of your heart is complete rebellion, the fruit is also rebellion. Till today, it's, it's, it's the fruit of rebellion that is jeopardizing the promise of God. Till today, there's no peace in that region. It has become like the promise of God has come into fulfillment. It has become countries and nations. And you see how the people of Israel are still suffering from hostility still suffering so immediate gratification is dangerous guys because it can jeopardize the promise and the purpose of God in your life you have to bear fruit with patience bear fruit with patience you know when when we started the bible study in 2015 we had we had no idea what God was doing. We started the Bible study because that was something that the Lord put in our hearts. There was no church affiliation. There was no agenda. There was no 10-year plan. This is what we are going to become. We are going to become a church. Nothing. We just started a Bible study because there was some 
group of friends who got together and who wanted to learn the Bible. And that's what we start doing. And then what happened is, the Lord starts to give me these dreams. You know, what, what we, where we are here today is a dream that I saw in 2015. But I didn't have the courage to share that with my friends. So I would give them glimpses of what the Lord is putting in my heart, but they would never get it. But what I'm trying to say is, even though in the physical circumstance, it didn't look like as it is today, I was still living from future. Because I was still living from the reality of that word, the reality of the vision that God has given me. So you know, faith, faith can bring the reality of the hope into your present right now. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. It can bring the reality of what God has for you in his word. It can bring the reality right now. So the first thing about faith is your mind goes there in the promise of the Lord. Your body is not there yet. Your body is still stuck in your limited circumstances, but your mind has gone forward. It has gone forward and it has gone and it is staying in the promise of the word. And then when your mind is, you know, it, when your mind has exercised itself to stay there, it brings the heart along with it. Once the mind and the heart have established itself in the vision, in the word that the Lord has for you, it brings your body also into that reality. For this promise to come fulfilled in our lives, it took almost eight years. Eight years. But what I want to tell you is, we started seeing, we started living from this reality then, not today. That's why it's not a surprise for me. Whatever is happening here, all the good things that the Lord is doing is not a surprise for me because I was living it then and there. Didn't see the fruit of it. In fact, in those years, we had so many people, oh man, we, we got so much of persecution from within the within our friend circle, so much of you know discouragement, so much of splitting that has happened in the few people that were there. But the Lord, he gave us a word and we learned to stay in that word. So even though the physical circumstance didn't look like it, because our mind and our heart, because it was there in the future that the word was promising, it took our body, it pulled ourselves to that reality. And God prepared everything in place. Waiting is important, guys. The reason why God's word immediately does not take you to its promise is because you're not prepared for it. Waiting is important because it's preparing you. It is preparing you mentally. It is preparing you emotionally. It is preparing everything that is around you to to become an adequate atmosphere for the promise to be fulfilled. Waiting is not like God is trying to punish you to see how faithful you are. Waiting is God preparing you inside you. Internally, he's preparing you. Externally, everything that needs to align itself to the reality of the word, God is preparing you. You know, in the temptation of Jesus, one of the temptations that the devil gave to Jesus was, look at all this kingdom. Look at all these wealth and riches. I have all of it. But if you bow down to me, I will give you all in a moment. See, one of the purpose of Jesus was to reclaim every power and authority that the devil has taken. It was. And here, Jesus is getting freely. Not every door of opportunity is from God. Even devils know how to, even the devil knows how to open a door of opportunity. Just because you see a door open, just don't step into it. Maybe it is a prison door that will hold you bondage. But Jesus discerned, this is not what my father wants. And he was able to say no to that temptation. But I'm saying, we fall into these temptations again and again. Why? Because we want to immediately gratify the promise that we have received. 
Wait on the Lord. Wait patiently because it takes patience to bear fruit. It takes patience to bear fruit. Matthew 25. Don't take this. Just write it down so that you can meditate on it later. And in Matthew 25, there's a parable where Jesus talks about the ten virgins. Have you heard that parable before? It's a very popular parable. I just want to take one point of it. There were ten virgins who were waiting for the bridegroom to come. And they're carrying these lamp. Now, out of the five, out of, out of the ten, five were wise and five were foolish. The wise ones were those who carried a flask of oil with them. What did they do? They carried a flask of oil with them. The other five, they did not carry the flask of oil. Because it doesn't make sense. Because they knew that they were waiting for the bridegroom. The bridegroom said that he's going to come at this appropriate time. So it didn't make sense. And then what happens is, the Bible says, for some reason, the bridegroom gets delayed. Now here's the thing. Our problem is we try to find theology of why the bridegroom got delayed. Isn't that true? Why is the promise not happening? What's the theology behind it? Let me look. You know, the Bible does not tell you why it got delayed. There's no explanation for that. If there's no explanation for it, I don't think we should look much deeper in it because there's probably nothing. Or maybe it's not for us. It's not for us to decipher. We come up with all this theology of why... Oh, I prayed for it, but the healing did not happen. I prayed for it, but the promotion did not happen. You know, we come up with all of this theology, why the delay is happening. Your job is not to figure out why the delay happened. But look at what the five wise women did. They carried flask of oil. Your strategy, your responsibility is to be prepared for the waiting. And when you have to be prepared for the waiting, you have to come up with a strategy. Because if you don't come up with a strategy during a waiting period, you will get frustrated and you will eat that marshmallow. You have to come up with a strategy. So say with me, waiting with strategy. These five wise women were wise because they had a strategy in place. What if for some reason it gets delayed? Let me carry some extra oil. So you're waiting with strategy. Yes, you receive the word of the Lord that you're going to get promoted, but what if it gets delayed? How are you waiting with strategy? Yes, God said. <laughs> Let me look at somebody else. <laughs> yes, God said. You're going to find the right partner, but what if it gets delayed? What are you doing? How are you waiting with strategy? Don't get disappointed because it gets delayed. But are you waiting with strategy? When you're, you know, you know, only those who completely believe in the word can actually strategize. A person who has sowed an apple seed, who completely believes that this apple seed will become an apple tree that will give me apple fruit, can strategize to wait for years to see the fruit. If you haven't prepared time to strategize in your waiting, that means you are a flimsy Christian. You're not wise, you're foolish. The Bible says, I'm not calling you foolish, okay? I'm just saying, the Bible says you're foolish. <laughs> you have to wait with strategy. Wait with strategy. How many people here who have received a word but hasn't come to pass? You're waiting. Don't raise your hands. You're waiting. But the question is, do you have a strategy in place for waiting? Is there a strategy? Let's take this example. Moses. Where was Moses born? He was born and brought up in a, even though he was born in his parents' house, he was brought up in a, in the palace. He is known as the prince. He has all the pleasures of the world. But the Bible says, he did not choose the pleasure of the world, but he identified himself with the mistreatment of his people. Meaning, 
even though he was a prince he knew that god has called him he knew the calling of god upon his life he knew the calling of god upon his life and that's why he wanted to help his israel brothers and sisters he wanted to be a savior for his hebrew brothers and sisters but the problem is he didn't wait for god's instruction he acted too soon and because of which he murdered somebody and now he's running away at the age of 40 he's running away from the palace he goes into the wilderness and now he's like a shepherd he's shepherding sheep for like the next 40 years until the voice of the lord comes and then the lord comes uses moses to deliver his people i want you to understand something maybe 10 million people left egypt and they are in the wilderness the journey is supposed to be only 10 to 11 days but it turns out to be 40 years of traveling around the mountain and in all these years these people are always complaining that they want to go back to egypt moses who is born in the in in the palace does not want to go go to egypt you see the difference these guys who are slaves who have been delivered they want to go to egypt what's the difference between moses who was a prince and does not want to go back to egypt compared to these people who are slaves and want to go back to egypt they want to immediately gratify they can't wait for what the lord has for them immediately gratify but those 40 years when moses was shepherding the sheep you know what was happening god was preparing a strategy a strategy a strategy you know what's delayed gratification it is to lose in the short term to win in the long term to lose in the short term to win in the long term now let me give you some practical tips how do you wait upon the lord with strategy what is your strategy your strategy is to discipline the body to hear god's voice what is your strategy to discipline the body to hear god's voice not just on a sunday coming to church is the least thing that you can do amazing you made it to church great but what about your monday what about your tuesday you discipline your body to hear god's voice so all these spiritual discipline that we are talking about this is part of the series to wait patiently to wait on the lord you can discipline yourself that is the strategy the strategy is to discipline your body so that your body does not give in to immediate instant gratification you discipline your body so that you can wait patiently to see the fruit of that promise now here's the thing when you wait on god two things happen you either receive instructions or you don't receive instructions when you wait on the lord two things happens every day either of these two things happens you either receive instructions or you don't receive instructions when you receive instructions what do you do you obey those instructions It's common sense when you don't receive instructions what do you do do nothing you will be surprised people get frustrated because they have nothing to do it's easy to follow an instruction i told you about my tuesday morning that i woke up and the lord told me to read this chapter i read that chapter and i was led to worship him i worshiped him and it was amazing that day was superb the next day i'm still waiting for an instruction and no instruction comes it's actually easy to obey when you know what you need to do than to do nothing here's what i want to say irrespective of you received an instruction from the lord the lord is always speaking sometimes your mind has comprehended the other times the mind has not comprehended just because your mind hasn't comprehended an instruction doesn't mean that the lord is not speaking it's like this when a new person comes into the church 
you ask them, what did you hear from the Lord? It doesn't make sense to them. What did you hear from the Lord? Yeah, I, I don't know. They'll be confused. But you ask them, did you feel the peace? Did you feel the joy? And they'll be like, yes. I felt the peace. I felt the joy. Where did that peace and joy come from? From the word. So just because your mind hasn't comprehended the word doesn't mean that you haven't received the word. Peace and joy are adequate proof that you have received the word. So can you move, even if you haven't received an instruction for you need what you need to obey for that day, if you can move from that place of peace and joy, because I have received the word, my mind hasn't comprehended it, but I have received the word, and the proof is peace and joy. And I'm going to live my life in that peace and joy, knowing, fully surrendering to his goodness, that God has it all. I have received the word. Receiving the word does not just mean having instructions here. Receiving the word also means receiving the reality of the kingdom here in your heart. For the kingdom of God is peace and joy. Peace and joy are emotions that can be felt. So in your spiritual discipline, if you haven't received an instruction, that's absolutely fine. If you haven't received a theological, hermeneutical a big revelation, that's absolutely fine. But did you feel the peace and joy of the Lord? That's enough for you. That's enough to take you through. But if you haven't received an instruction and if you haven't received the peace and joy, then you need to sit there more, marinate yourself in the word. Until you can pick yourself up in that place of peace, in that place of joy. Because you know the Father who has given you the promise, he has your life in his hands. The word has you in his hands. Does that make sense? So waiting, waiting is like inevitable. All of us have to wait. If you have received the word, all of us have to wait because waiting is like a seed. But the question is, do you wait with strategy? Waiting with strategy is what will cause patience, is what will cause you to bear fruit with patience. What is your strategy? Your strategy is to cultivate a discipline to hear God's voice. Now that God's voice can be comprehended in your mind or it's comprehended in your heart. Either ways, if you can hear God's voice, you are set. Let me give you an example. Somebody who's working in IT receives the word from the Lord. You know, his... He's going to get promoted. His entire life is going to take a U-turn. God is going to increase him. That's the word that he received. Now as he waits on the Lord, he gets an instruction from the Lord. The Lord says, why don't you do a course on communications? And he's like, communication? I should be preparing myself. Yes, I know waiting. I heard Pastor Sam and he said, you know, you should wait with strategy. So my strategy is to improve myself in my technical skills. But here the word of the Lord comes to him when he is disciplining himself. says, don't focus on the technical. Focus on the communication. But because he, he wants to obey God's word, he, he does a course on communication. And as soon as the course gets over, he gets a new opening that's offered to him, which is like in marketing and sales, and his boss says, I think I see great potential in you from what you're doing over there, for what you're doing over there, over here, and his complete career changes. What I'm trying to say is, you can wait with strategy and use your mind to how to strategize. And what I'm saying is, don't do that. Don't, don't use your mind. Wait on the Lord. Discipline yourself to hear the Lord because the Lord knows what 10 years looks so the strategy is not just to prepare yourself, oh, I'm, I'm going to get married, so I need to read all the hundred books that are there on marriage. Yeah, You could do that. Yes, you could do that. But beyond all of that, the strategy is to hear God's voice so that God's voice can prepare you. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every proceeding word of God. Disciplining your body so that you can hear his voice. Because his voice is enough. Amen? 
And I want to say, his voice carries the reality of that promise. So once you have received his voice, that reality opens up. So irrespective of what is happening in the circumstances, oh man, you received this word of increase, but what is happening in the physical circumstances that everybody is belittling you, everybody is making fun of you, mocking you, and it just feels like it's complete opposite of the promise. But that word that you have received, the voice of the Lord that you have received, carries the reality of that promise, and you can stay in that reality. That's waiting on the Lord. Disciplining your body to hear God's voice and to stay in the reality of His word. Amen? One, one advice that I have for you is don't try to exert a lot of pressure on one day. You know? Don't be like that guy who gets excited with the idea of losing his belly fat goes to the gym and pushes 100 push-ups and then the next day he's tired and then he loses the interest. Don't be like that. Don't be a Christian who goes and prays for 10 hours, goes into fasting prayer for 3 days and then nothing. Develop, cultivate a consistent, disciplined life. Say with me, cultivate a consistent, disciplined life. Cultivating a disciplined life is not religion. Religion is when the posture of the heart is you're doing from obligation. You're doing from fear. You're doing from tradition. Spirituality is you're doing the exact same things that the religious person does, but from a different posture of the heart. You do it by faith. You do it by, in hope. And you do it seeing the goodness of the Lord. Strategize yourself, guys. I'm in for the long run. I'm not in for the short run. Short run, yeah, it's okay. Good. Praise be to Jesus for all the promises that are coming. But I'm in for the long run. And the long run is, man, God has, he says, I have great plans for you. Oh, great plans for you. Are you in for the long run? How long are you willing to run? Like Apostle Paul says, I have, I have fought the good fight of faith. I finished my race. Are you in for the long run? Or are you just here for the next five years? Next ten years? I'm in for the long run. And for the next long, for that whole long-term approach requires a long-term strategy. And that strategy is to discipline yourself. Discipline yourself. Amen? It's just simple things. Not to let your spiritual discipline try to fit in your already set life, but try to set your life around your spiritual discipline. When you can prioritize God, when God becomes the center of it. Reading, you don't try to fit in reading your Bible when everything has been done. Read your Bible the, day, the, 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 <laughs> the morning, the, the time that you wake up. Read your Bible then. And then try to figure out everything else. Prioritize God. Prioritize the things of God. Prioritize the purposes of God. And then I'm telling you, that the Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. They'll be added unto your life. You don't have to follow them. You don't have to pursue your promotion. You don't have to pursue for increase in the world. It will follow you as you seek these things of God. So revolve. Make your life around these spiritual reality. So that you can, you can operate from that place of peace. You can operate from the reality of God's kingdom, which is righteousness, peace, and joy. Don't do it the other way. I, I want to challenge you. For example, you woke up late for whatever reason. But if you prioritize God, I'm telling you, things that you were supposed to miss because you woke up late will also be restored. Because you set God first in your life. Not just on a Sunday. Not just on a Saturday as a preparation for Sunday. But every day. Every day. Just like as you eat food. Spend time. No word, no food. <laughs> yes word, yes food. 
takes take time out. Amen? Amen. Awesome. Come on, just take a moment just to pray with me. Just to pray with me. Pray this prayer. Father, I want to commit to a life of hearing your voice. To life of hearing your voice and obeying your voice. But not by my strength, not by my power, not by my will power, not by my determination, but by the Spirit of the Lord. By the Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord energizes me. The Spirit of the Lord leads me. The Spirit of the Lord strengthens my desire to move in the direction of the kingdom. Not by my power, not by my strength, but by the Spirit of the Lord. Not by my power. Come on, come into the Lord. Just take this moment to surrender. Surrender to this word. Jesus, we want you in our lives. We want you in our lives. We want you to take complete control of our lives. We want you to be the Lord of our lives. We want our lives to revolve around you and the reality of the kingdom. Everything that you have is for us, Lord. You only have good things for us and we want to receive it. We want to bear fruit with patience. Sing praises to your name. Oh Lord, sing praises to your name. Oh Lord, for your name is great and greatly to be praised. I sing praise. If you're somebody who's feeling discouraged today, if you're somebody who's feeling disappointed and thinking in your heart that I've done all of this, but 
I still see no fruit in my life. If that's who you are, I want to say that the word will bring forth fruit. The power is in God's word and it will bring forth fruit. Believe in God's word. I want to pray for you for all those who are disheartened, who feel disappointed, who feel discouraged. I want to pray for you right now and I say, Jesus, comfort their hearts. Comfort their hearts. You're not someone who, who breaks an already broken reed. You're somebody who comforts us. And so, Father, I pray for all those who are disappointed today. I pray that your spirit will comfort them. That the peace that, that transcends all understanding be filled in their hearts. To walk by faith and not by their feelings. And to walk by faith and not by the disappointments that they see in the physical reality. To walk by faith, seeing the goodness of the Father, that the Father is good, that He loves them. I pray that these words will become a reality right now in Jesus' name. You are loved. You are loved by the Father. You are loved by the Father. You are loved. He is mindful of you. He is concerned about you. He cares for you. Your physical circumstances will not remain the same. Put your faith in the unceasing, in the unchanging God's word. His word will come forth. Will come forth and it will bring forth fruit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You know, there's this picture that comes to my mind. Jesus has just finished his ministry and he goes up to the mountain to pray and he sends off his disciples on the boat. And his disciples are far out in the sea and Jesus is waiting on, the, on his father, spending time with his father. And... Right from the mountain, he can see that the disciples are struggling because there's a storm. And the Bible says that he starts walking towards them on the water. But the miracle that I want you to focus is the moment Jesus steps into the boat, the boat reaches the shore. The secret to acceleration in life is waiting. So some of you are discouraged because you have been waiting on the Lord for far too long. And it feels like everybody else who was in your same class, in your same batch, has gone far too ahead in your life. But I want to say, the moment Jesus steps into your boat, you reach the shore immediately. Immediately. Waiting on the Lord is not a waste of time. Waiting on the Lord accelerates your life, in fact. You will not know right now because your waiting might take some time and it might feel frustrating and you might not understand why this is happening. But I want to encourage you. The moment, the moment Jesus steps into the door, the suddenlies of God starts happening. It will change your life upside down. It will, it will be completely different. Yesterday will not look, look like what is happening today. But all that it requires is waiting on the Lord. Amen. The disciples, you know, they were instructed when Jesus was ascending, they were instructed to not leave Jerusalem and they go in the upper room and they are praying. And on the 10th day, suddenly, the Bible says suddenly, but when you see, did it happen suddenly or did it take 10 days? But there's something that when you wait upon the Lord, you, you are invoking the suddenlies of God. And suddenly, what if they hadn't waited? What if they were not praying? So wait on the Lord. It will accelerate your life. Amen. You will encounter the suddenlies of God. And thank God you waited. Because if the suddenlies of God comes before the time that you have waited, you're not prepared to receive the blessing. Because waiting is preparation. It's preparing you to receive that promise. Amen. Man, so stay encouraged. God's promise 
will come fulfilled in your life amen it will not go and it will not go hindered you know it will not go void it will come fulfilled in your life amen amen let's pray father we thank you for your word and we thank you lord that your word will come to fruition in our life it will bear fruit in our life 34 64 100fold it will bear fruit in our life and this is our prayer o oh lord that you will help us through your spirit you will help us in the waiting so that we will strategize ourselves to hear your voice to cultivate a lifestyle listening to your voice knowing that we are loved by the father and walking in complete obedience to your word not to get distracted not to look here and there but to be completely fixed and focused on your goodness lead us o lord in the way of lasting in jesus name we pray amen